podcast crop rising to the top. Be sure to check out WrestleBiz, brother. The podcast presented by Fonzie Neutron. Yeah, it's hip-hop meets wrestling, dig it? Powered by Belt That Online. Yeah, www.beltthatonline.com. They get funky like a monkey. Special guests like Tony Iron, Pineapple Pete, The Black Mask, and many more. I'm freaking out. Make sure you tune in. Otherwise, you'll be a jabroni. And you'll miss the interviews, the predictions, the reviews, and just sitting a resound, shooting the breeze. Yep. So tune in and let these guys tell you a thing or two about a thing or two. Need a little excitement? Check out the WrestleBiz podcast. Ooh, yeah. Okay, check, 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 check. One, two, peace, family. We're back with another WrestleBiz podcast edition. And we're joined today by an exclusive guest, Um, you know, a longtime friend, a longtime collaborator, Um, you know, part of the whole Bat That Family, part of the United Elements, rap and wrestling, real community. Um, a man that doesn't need too much introduction, Grandmaster Be Easy. What's good, brother? Yeah, all good, all good. Just uh, maintaining, staying busy, staying creative. Of course. Up on, uh, keep up on everything. We've all got plenty of time to be able to do that, so there's no excuses. <laughs> no, well, I've been seeing you definitely been staying creative with um, dropping like music projects, a few. One thing I've respected is you put out a lot of stuff that's showed where rap and the wrestling business come together, which has always been dope. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been a, I was a massive wrestling fan when I was a kid and I sort of lost a bit of interest in it in my, uh, in my early twenties, but then kind of, uh, I actually got back into it, um, through about that online, uh, when I joined, when I joined, um, and then obviously like Westside Dunn, Griselda, oh, Smoke all these yep. people and actually Bronson, I'm just like, man, this is so good. Um, so I started to get back into it then because I thought, oh, I never really put the two together. Like I used to hear uh, Red and Meth back in the day. They used to do, uh, they used to especially Meth, Savage yeah. references and stuff like yeah. that. And I used to get, like, <laughs> Westwood used to get like Kurt Angle and um, Too Cool and stuff like that on a show, and I was just like, this is this is actually so good. Like I've yeah. never seen a real connection. So I just thought, you know, I'm just going to bring the two worlds together and see how it goes. And uh, yeah, it seems to be faring pretty well, to be honest. I'm uh, pretty pretty pleased with it. It's dope, man. I mean, I loved even personally myself the write-up that you did, which was um, talking about how the old magazine business was and how it sort of changed going forward now with the internet and stuff. So, because um, just like yeah. you said, I mean, I was a serial collector, PWI, sport, all, all the magazines, you know, all the magazines, but. I, I literally, I was like going for an old collection. I found like um, Superstars of Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Illustrated and stuff Slam like that. Slam and, and all just, of them, yeah. I miss, I miss going into the shops and you'd have to wait like a whole month before you found anything out, um, especially before, um, you know, obviously streaming and stuff like that. And you had to like read about companies like ECW and New Japan and AAA and Mexico and stuff like that. And of course, yeah. That's the only way you'd find any information out on them. So I just thought, you know, I, I missed that. Like, yeah, everything's available online and on the internet. However, there's something like, there's something 
that, that was just great about physically getting a magazine. You'd be excited to read it to find out like up to date like information on like promotions and stuff you'd heard about. And I also think it's that kind of like because it wasn't out there, companies like ECW were just kind of like this massive mystery. Just like man, how do they get away with like barbed wire and fire tables and you know all this crazy shit that they do and stuff like that and you read about it and go well, I really need to see this but they're not going to show it in the UK like so we'll just stick to war and nitro for now <laughs> yeah well I mean uh, yeah. you talk about the hardcore stuff that's so crazy because it's the same I remember I loved even when I started seeing um ECW I can't remember what station it was they used to put it on but um yeah, it was on Bravo Bravo or something or tr- yeah, Bravo, trouble yeah. it, it, was only half an hour, <laughs> it was only half an hour long it was a very short show really short and i remember watching that guy and this they need to extend this because you'd like you'd see sabu jump off the top rope and through put someone through a table and then it cuts out and it's like yeah. what are you doing and yeah but i always thought it was so unique you had you know like the singular commentator joey styles you had um just so much craziness going on and it, it did make you want more at the time i mean as you were talking about the magazine stuff it make a lot of sense because there was stuff that we didn't know growing up because the era we missed the generation before us. So even the older stuff in the territories and how the business was prior and, you know, there was hardcore guys before even guys like, you know, Bruiser Brody and certain guys that was going out and having like death matches. Yeah. So uh, you just discover all these new, these new people. And then, um, back, back then as well, when they were doing that, there was a mate of mine, um, that, that, literally collected tapes especially after ecw and wcw went out of business and he, he um he had like uh ring of honor when it first started uh oh, wow. tna when it was nwa tna yeah, yeah. and um uh iwa mid south all these promotions all the uh the old rf video shoots he had literally hundreds of these videotapes wow. so he used to just send me like bags of these tapes and go knock yourself out for the next month you've got yeah. like a month's worth of material <laughs> i was like man this is crazy i've never even heard of any of these people yeah. i just read about them so well that's probably the days man because as you said when we used to have to read about things and sort of get that sort of information of um how do it was you, almost like it was, a, it was like an enigma wasn't it it exactly. was kind of like that sort of like you know it exists but you don't know anything about it um, with the exception of what you read in these magazines. And I just thought the article was, because pr- I, I was the same with hip hop as well, because I, I literally listened to just Westwood. I didn't know what any of these people looked like. I didn't know yeah. anything about them. So you got a bit more of an understanding of them. But obviously today's generation with the internet and everything, they've got it all there and then. You know, I didn't even know what Westwood looked like. When I first saw him, I was like, this is Westwood. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, you're right because it's legit. Without the internet, I mean, the same. Uh, we, I'm, there was a lot of people you didn't know what they looked like. You just heard the sound. Yeah. Of this, you know, you saw a video or something like that. It's not the days now of like mass media where everything's at an instant click of the button. You've got, um, I mean, slightly off topic, but you've got guys like going on Instagram streaming and hitting millions and stuff like that, where that wasn't something that could be done, you know, years before. Mm. Even sticking with that and taking that around the wrestling business, because we've seen the wrestling business really evolve, grow, and change and stuff. And you look, um, Matt, you look at Matt Hardy, um, for instance. I think stuff like Twitter and Instagram have massively built on his character because when when the broken Matt Hardy gimmick first started, 
I remember watching it when he did the whole scene where he's playing the piano and Jeff Hardy walks in and just goes, I knew you'd come, Brother Nero. And you're watching it going, what the fuck is this? Like, this is crazy. But then he's literally built it and he's, it's almost like the, 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 the thing about like with Twitter and Instagram with, with these, these gimmicks and these characters is they're utilizing it, but they're not necessarily breaking kayfabe. Like, kayfabe doesn't exist so much now, but at the same time, they're obviously still have to kind of push it a little bit for the business. Oh, cool. But they're kind of, they're, they're drawn, they've got their, there's that line. And um, I, it is quite interesting reading it, especially when you've, you've got people like arguing on Twitter and stuff like that. And it, it does draw, it does blur that line a little bit about, you know, is well, this I actually an angle? Coming up or like <laughs> well I mean even to touch on Matt Hardy because I think I, I agree with what you're saying and I think Matt was always sort of ahead of his time in a different way because yeah you know, Jeff was always seen as like you know the the big the main guy you know sort of the it, it sounds bad I'm not shitting on Matt at all but you know Jeff was you know everything was really more about Jeff Jeff, Jeff, was, the, Jeff was the daredevil that everybody yeah. was excited to see what crazy shit he do He's next to, do. you know ladder or something and, and Matt was the more technical one but I think looking at it now well, it's I'm, kind of like you've got Matt's think, always, had, the Matt's kind of always been ahead had been the brains and this is what I was going to touch on because remember when it reminded, was, it reminded me of Raven a little bit in that sense of Raven's quite I reckon Raven would make a great book art Raven an intelligent um, guy um but remember yeah, when Matt was doing like the Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy version one and all that stuff pre like the internet boom and stuff he was always yeah he's always totally a totally Totally ahead. Um, totally ahead. Completely. Really clever guy. Matt exactly. And, and I think, and by the time everybody like, realizes he's already been doing it, doing it already, it's just like with nobody <laughs> took it on board. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, it it is good, and it's good seeing how social media and the internet is being used. Well, well, well. Speaking of Matt, you know, let's 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 talk on AEW a bit because um, this this week we saw Matt. He made his age. AEW in-ring debut. Um, I don't know yeah. if you had a chance to catch the match. Um, uh, I've, I've seen highlights of it. The bit where him and uh, uh, Kenny, Omega. Kenny Omega are in the car. Uh, in the okay. car. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watch that. Um, yeah, I think like, in terms of, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good place for him. Um, I think he's, it could have been an option. I, I think I've, I actually did an article about it when he was on the verge, when he was basically then being jobbed out on Raw. Yeah. Um, and you just knew he was going. And of whether or not he would be best suited to go to AEW or if he was better off back at, um, at Impact. But I think Impact moved in a different direction from when he was there last time. Um, Impact actually kind of reminds me a little bit of what EC... It, it's sort I of be I know what you mean. It's sort of become I mean, that it's like the small third well, national it's, company. It's sort of strange because you know, I don't know when you got into watching TNA yourself. Like I mean, similar to yourself, I had my period of watching wrestling sort of um after Vince bought everything up, there was a few years where I sort of like, you know, dwindled from watching the business and then um T TNA caught sort of caught my attention and and it was, you know, it was something that was fresh and it had enough um, potentiality at the time to be like the number two company. And, and, and to a degree, yeah, it yeah, became that. The, the sense of nostalgia with everybody. Yeah, but, but um, they dropped the ball yeah, and, and they've, they've gone of, from the number two company now to like sort of the number three. Way down to number three. 
three. Though I think at one point even Ring of Honor kind of surpassed them. Uh, yeah. In my opinion. Well, I mean, um, you've got you've got NWA power there. They could. I mean, even though they're only yeah. studio based, but so TNA. I know what you mean. They've sort of dwindled a lot over the past few years. They so, could have. Um, they can still. They can still put on. Um, as I said, their, their shows and stuff like that. I actually think that they put on some decent. Um, they've they've put on some pretty decent shows over the last sort of year or so, and. Um, They've definitely cemented themselves as the third company, in my opinion. But I think in terms of going back to the Matt Hardy thing, I think him jumping to AEW was uh, a, a really good... I think, A, because of the platform, um, on you know, whether it being on TNT, and it's, you know, it is the second biggest promotion. Confident, yeah. um, but I also think in terms of... I find that, um, you know, with especially Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, and obviously Chris Jericho as well being sort of... Um, I think they're like executive directors or something in that capacity in the company. They have that sort of opportunity to... They give that power to the talent. And I think, you know, you <laughs> seeing Matt come in and just continue where he left off of his broken Hardy gimmick, but it, it works. It's not like it doesn't seem out of place where you get some talent in the past, it'll go to another promotion and it all just, it just doesn't work in the same way. So I think they'll probably utilize it a bit better than, than WWE did, but I find with WWE, it's the same old story. They, they, if something's been created outside of their, their little universe, they don't want anything to do with it. They'll destroy it. And, you know, just, I think, I think the best example, the ECW brand, when they, when they brought that in and just look what happened there, you know, the WCW invasion, if it happened outside of our realm, we're just going to destroy it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, like, they, we're not but that's, that's sort of WWE mentality. They're sort of known for yeah. burying things in that regard. It, it sort of gives me a thought back to the WrestleMania, with, even with Sting and Triple, Triple H, and they wouldn't let it go. Yeah, know? like, it was all about WCW versus WWE and how they've got to be, the, you know, the top guys. <laughs> It's like it's one of those where it's just like how many years or how much money have have WWE made off of WCW through the you know the networks DVDs stuff yeah. like that they've they've done it when it comes down to actual right well we're going to bring a talent in as big as Sting who you know stick him in the ring with Triple H and we're just gonna you know we'll just book a team basically like <laughs> yeah. We'll just job him out and make him look absolutely ridiculous as if anything that he's done previously doesn't doesn't matter where you know tna did a great job with him but yeah again, no, it, it, it was at that time so um you know we've got tna i'm not sure what pay-per-view they've got coming up um aw we're getting ready for double or nothing they've got a new uh, yeah i think impact just had rebellion um that one's gone yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen it um, I've, I've heard about the whole TNA, there's no place like home special that they did um, and, and things like that. However, I've seen something about Moose is like the TNA world champion. And well, I was like, I, I, caught it, going, <laughs> I caught it this week. And he's, like, How? <laughs> so what are they doing? Is TNA coming back as a second brand on it's, Impact? It's so, or con what, it's what so confusing doing? because, yeah, I caught it this week and, you know, Moose has got the old TNA strap and he's, he's sort of burying Impact. And, what what I thought what I thought was interesting about it was um he had a they, his character was presented with an opportunity to contend for I'm guessing the Impact Heavyweight Championship now which is held by Tessa Blanchard um yeah and he sort of shitted on it and he was saying well that title means nothing to me <laughs> because I'm I'm the TNA champion <laughs> and um, I guess the pretty good 
quite a good it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good idea because it would be interesting to see what they do with that because I know that um Access TV were really happy with the uh, the ratings from the TNA special. Okay. Uh, because the I think I think it's like the highest rating that they'd had up to that point since they they brought Impact or well, since they bought Impact. Um, so I think that they were looking at doing something a bit more with, with the TNA brand, which is kind of funny because, you know, if you go back years when they changed it, even when it was Global Force, they literally shitted all over that name. Like, yeah. uh, it's like associated with like Vince Russo and, uh, yep. you know, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and all these, you know, these people that came in to try and, you know, what, take I, I over. Mean, what do you think of that? Because some say TNA died or started to die when they brought in Hogan and Bischoff. Now, my point... I remember, I, I feel as though at that point, they also hit their biggest period also because that was when, I, I was watching it a few years before, but then they was, that was when they was red hot then as well because that's when they, you that's know. When they, they, went, they, were on, they were on Spike TV and yep. they had brought all these big guys in. Had all the big that's when, when I regard them as like the number two promotion at the time. Yeah. Like they, they hit it and obviously they tried to do the, um, but what I think happened is when they brought Hogan and Bischoff in, as um, I think they were just like producers or something like that, and obviously had a bit of kind of creative sort of um, decision making. But I think what happened is they kind of looked at it and just went, right, okay, so we've got these guys and we brought in Ric Flair, who really should have just left it at Shawn Michaels and just ended it there, yeah. as opposed to coming in, you know, doing God knows what he, he was doing some in other matches and stuff, yeah. Mick Foley, all these guys, and then all of a sudden it's like, right, this is the next move, Monday Night Wars 2, let's go for it, and they got absolutely destroyed. So it's like, what was the point in that? And then everybody, I think, just saw through all the bullshit and just thought, these guys are just not doing it. And Dixie Carter literally couldn't run a, a piss up in a brewery. Um, <laughs> and yeah, off dude. the back of that, that's, that's where it all ended for them. The next thing you know, they're, they're, they're back in a position that was just they literally just seemed to disappear. They were like, the way, way I'd describe it is they were like a major independent. Yeah. They, were and they, they had a chance, um, Billy, Billy Corgan, he was going to buy in. He, you know, that was sort of, not their last sort of hope, but I think when he was sort of coming in and then you had all the GFW stuff. But then, like you said, it got weird because even, I guess, for the average sort of fan and audience member, it's, it's too if convoluted. If you've been a fan of a product and looked at it through that amount of time and stuck with it, then you see these changes. As I said, you've got Billy Corgan looking to buy it or buy a percentage. And then you've got, we're going to rebrand it like five times in like the space of a month. Um, you've just you've just completely lost your audience because they just think you're a joke. And then yeah. when you've got your biggest pay-per-view of the year coming up and you're turning around going, we're looking for someone to buy this company. Um, that's even worse. Like, oh, our biggest show of the year. Could you imagine, you know, WWE, if Triple H or Vince McMahon turned around and said, oh, by the way, just to let you know, uh, we're looking for someone to buy the company. Um, so WrestleMania could WrestleMania could be happen. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's just, not, it's just not realistic and it doesn't make any sense. But I think, I think they seem to have got themselves back on their feet. I think they've, they've took it in the direction. It's, again, going back to the ECW thing, I think if ECW had stayed around in 2001, I think this is the position they'd probably be in now, um, where they're lower down, but they're comfortable. 
Yeah. They're talent happy and they've got a decent TV deal. Yeah, it's not as big as USA Network or, you know, Fox or anything or TNT, but at the same time, it's better than what they had before where their viewership figures were like, you know, 10,000 people. <laughs> How can you compete um, with multi-billionaires um, where you're viewing, your viewership figures are at like 10K? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I think I think they're in a good position. Hopefully they'll they'll you know. Well, well I think it's been it. good to. I think only recently we've started to see some of um, the empty arena shows because prior to that they had a lot of pre tapes sort of stuff. So it'd be interesting to see how they continue forward with. Um, how they, yeah. I think um I think going on to that how um how you know AEW and WWE have done it. It's it's weird watching it. Um, I think AEW may have. I think AEW have hit it a bit better because they've got. They, the, they were smart about how they did it. Yeah. I remember watching it and going, "That is what they should be doing." I think they're a scared. They're a bit more. They'd be more scared to do that because they, you know, they. I guess they want to protect their other characters as well. Or um, yeah, I think. I think at the same time, it's it's one of those because there was a massive uproar and Cody was basically just like, you know, fuck you when they were talking about um, people kicking off going, you got um, Tully Blanchard, he's like in his 60s and he's there, it should be social distancing, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, <laughs> well, obviously, before they let people in, they're obviously going to do tests. Yeah. They're going to make sure that, you know, their staff and everybody's secure and everything's, you know, in, in Japan, um, in, I think it was March, late March, there was a, this company called DDT uh, Pro Wrestling and they put on a card in front of 300 Japanese fans in masks. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, when the coronavirus was... Yeah. Yeah, on on that note, tell them, tell them to get their bad dad, their bad dad mask. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got them coming. <laughs> That's the selling point. That's what you need to do. Um, but they, they cancelled all their shows afterwards. And I was talking about New Japan, we're going to do shows and stuff like that. And it's like, that's, that's well too soon to be bringing in 300 people into a building and they're not social distancing. But yeah. I think in terms of how somebody watching, um, watching WWE, um, you know, Raw, you know, Raw when Stone Cold was on it and seeing his, his, in, his interaction with yeah. like no audience was pretty funny. It was, it was really well done. Um, but again, Steve Austin's a pretty clever guy himself. It's Stone Cold, man. It's, it's, it's gonna be. It's you. It's pretty much hard pegged to do anything that we're not gonna like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you've got a guy asking for a hell yeah from nobody. Like yep. he's still gonna smash that TV time because the guy's a genius. Yeah. Um, and AEW, how they've done it is is really is really clever as well. Um, but it, whether, wh how Impact are gonna address it, I'm not too sure. I know Ring of Honor have completely cancelled all shows until the end of May. Um, and obviously independent bookings are, are down, um, well, yeah. non-existent basically, especially, yeah. uh, which is obviously not a great time for all the, uh, the good people that got released from their WWE contracts uh, recently as well. And a lot of guys uh, just working the indies in general, they're completely on a pause now because, you know, shows yeah. aren't happening. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's a, sh it's a shame uh, how it's gone, but um, I think, I think if anything, I think, because um, one of the, 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 the main thing I pointed um, there was an article I wrote about whether or not the business should stop during this. I remember it, yeah. Realistically, how are you going to be able to actually, you know, unless you're WWE and you've got, a, you know, a network and you've, you've already got all that 
pretty much guaranteed merchandise. And, and they've got a lot of gum. WWE's got a lot of thumbs up, especially in um in Florida, I believe, or Tampa. They've got thumbs yeah. up from like the the commissions and stuff like that, and the government. Yeah, they're in a, they're in a great place. But I think, um, in terms of like a, from a creativity point of view, I think um, I think this would have been the perfect opportunity to kind of take your pros and cons and go right. This is when we come back, when we get back to normal. Boom. This is where we, we take all this creative juice. We literally take as much of it as possible, uh, take a break, just like, you know, the Premier League or the NFL or any of these big sporting leagues and stuff like that have. Um, but it's all driven down to money. You know, you've got... Of course, that's what it is. And, and these TV, um, you know, broadcasters saying, well, you've signed an agreement to put a live content on and you're just going to withdraw from that. But I think under that, the, you know, WWE's got something ridiculous like 10,000 hours worth of footage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That they could literally just put things into they place. Could and stuff and of course. Into the network, and then people are going to be like, oh shit, they've got this. And well, I think, they, I think they network. started realizing that slowly after they did a few, they did a few of the shows because I, if I remember rightly, the, the first No Arena show was pretty much just all matches and they, they had a few little things going on, but then they realized, oh, we got to break this up and put on old matches too and, you know, sort yeah. of use our content and stuff to still put on a good show. But, um, but even, even the, t the TV tapings are difficult because you can't do something every single week that's going to wow people. Like if you look at WrestleMania, for instance, you know, the Bray Wyatt, John Cena thing um, is absolutely insane, but it's, genius at the same time yeah yeah it's almost like this should never work i mean uh, the crazy thing about watching, that. Man watching it i should be like this is just absolutely disappointing but then i'm looking at it and it all it's like it's like a throwback to a forgotten it, it was era. such it was such a throwback because I, I remember especially about that match when they first put and i remember watching i was like wait is this a pro <laughs> is this a promo it's like no this is the match <laughs> this can't be real and then so, and watching the Taker, uh, the Taker AJ Styles one as well, like the graveyard bone match or something, and I'm just watching it and I'm thinking, okay, they they seem to have got a bit of an idea going, which is pretty good, which then obviously leads into kind of money in the bank. Yeah. Um, taking place at you know um, the headquarters in Stamford, it's like that's a really good idea. <laughs> you could have done something completely different. Um, you, you could have gone down the same route you've gone with the TV tapings, but they've, they've gone down a completely different route. And I think, in a way, that's kind of where, as much as we say about WWE and their content and how much they, they push out to people and how much fans all push back and go, like, that isn't, you know, what... Yeah? Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Uh, probably in about half an hour. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's cool. it happened. I know. <laughs> um, so live TV. Live TV. <laughs> okay, that's, that's live TV for you people. Um, I expected it to happen at least once. Um, so basically, with um, with that, so so seeing the direction they've gone, and some fans will just be like, "No, this isn't working." But I think it, it's quite. I think they've seen it and gone actually like how they've like how they projected this idea is actually pretty clever and it's kind of cool and quite it's just fun like things things are just 
not great at the moment for anybody. So for, for everyone, it's it, like fans are literally like, we need a bit of stupidity and a bit of like, not stupidity, but a, a bit, bit of like... A bit of levity to sort of, you know, we've been great for yeah. and stuff. So, um... Um, but whether or not what, what AEW will do, whether they'll just continue down the route they've gone or whether they'll copy a similar idea. But again, it does kind of prove a point as much as sometimes the product's stale and it's a little bit like you can't really be dealing with that. Um, it shows why WWE are oh, top the, of their I, game. I think, you know, that's, the, that's always the thing. And that's always, I guess, been the thing with WWE slash WWF going back. Mm. regardless of um, I guess the other promotions that have popped up and regardless of um, the naysayers in the business and stuff they've always still continued to be the premier yeah. organization one where even with I'm, I'm a huge WCW fan and I love them as an alternative product at the time and I love them for you know even but they knew how to they knew how to get go in that opposite direction and take yeah. that risk um, which is kind of what AEW are doing at the moment. Well, they're sort of trying. They're trying to grease that yeah, sort of world. To be a little bit more edgy. Yeah. While WWE is stuck in that kind of PG era phase, which I can see they're trying to get out of. Of course. Um, but there's WWE. Yeah. They're so on point with almost everything that they do, and I think that's the difference. Because when even when you go back and you hear the shoots now, and guys talk about what it was like at WCW, they're like. You know, complete clusterfuck. You didn't know what was going on. You turn up on the day, and they'll tell you. You know, the organization was seemed to be so. Um, it was just terrible. Te- yep. It was. It was just. It was just so badly run. It's like I don't actually understand how you can even run an organization that well, badly. I, mean, I remember watching the thing, and Mean Gene was saying he would go up to Eric Bischoff. I think it was on the uh, the old Monday Night Wars DVD. Yeah, and he goes up to him and he goes, Eric, you know, what 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 what's the plan for tonight? And Eric Bischoff would just turn around to him and he goes. I've got no idea. Leave me alone. <laughs> the team was like, we were on in like 10 minutes and the boss doesn't even know what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I love Eric. Man. He's, he, and, and the thing is, Eric's excuse, especially if you know Eric from any of his interviews, would say that's what he wanted. He wanted like, yeah. to be a live sort of show like that where... Yeah, yeah. It, no worked, it worked. And it worked. I think towards, <laughs> towards the end, I think as much as the pressure was coming onto him and he was seeing the, the, the more edgy project, the... the uh, product that WWE were presenting and he wasn't you know the the Turner executives were like mm, you're not doing that you're not going down that route you aim for like kids or that kind of that demographic I think that's where the frustration came in yeah. even trying to bring in you know people like uh, you know Kiss and uh, you know Master I P mean, and, I, I, you know, I, I think they were, they were, WCW to me in that regard was way ahead with um, even just in terms of the opportunities that they provided for rubbers and, and even um, transcending the business culturally, the things that they did, you know, they really introduced me to the luchadors, um, a lot of the, bringing in the Japanese guys and stuff. They had like Masahiro Chono, Muta, a lot of those guys come through and stuff and do a lot of things. Um, and, you know, as you said, even bringing in guys like P, doing, you know, they took a lot of big risks. Massive, they took massive risks, and to yeah. be honest with you, after that, you I mean, know, you even though everybody shits on David Arquette thing as well, I don't think they should have given him the strap. But, um, I think I, think, I, think I love, Re- I love Ready to Rumble the movie, I thought it, it was a good look. So. <laughs> I think what they were trying to accomplish, like Russo said it himself, I wanted to get in USA today, and when he won it, what happened? He got in, in USA. It, what happened got in USA Today. He'd accomplished it. He got, he got it on that national 
scale of, um, of, of trying to get it out there. But again, it's one of those where it was kind of, you've got to, it's, it's, it's either, you know, any, any news or any kind of thing at all is, is, is good. So, you know, even if you're literally getting bashed, like USA Today are posting on David Arquette wins, wins the, the world title and just like, what are you talking about? And they bash you in that article. For him, it was literally like, yeah, but I've got a USA Today. That's like, insane, yeah. Well, I mean, especially like, speaking my, of... national paper. Oh, no, read. I mean, speaking of Russo, that is Russo. And um, we, we may say, we want to do money in the bank prediction. So what we'll probably do, we'll get to that lastly. Because we've just yeah. spoke about Russo, this is a good segue into um, the dark side of the ring. But I wanted to speak, because also one of the dark side of the ring episodes was about the bro for all. And within that episode, uh, thought, him, you know, yeah. Russo's attitude is just pretty much like, hey, I just wanted to see the result. And, you know, Russo, I just... loved, Russo, loved, Russo loved it and Cornette was just like, mm, no, I mean, no, but, you yeah, just but, lost a spot, million, like. And his, Russo's attitude was he didn't care as long as he got to see what he wanted, what, as long as he got to see what he wanted to see, which was somebody um, beat up Bradshaw or whatever, that was his, that was his thing. <laughs> Good old crash. Good old crash TV. That's all it comes down to. Yep. Nobody likes it, but it brings ratings in, so it doesn't really matter. So um, did that. So yeah, carry on. Yeah, no, so, I was just gonna yeah. say, not just crash crash TV. I mean, the dark side of the ring. I don't see that as as crash TV, but I think that's no, no. one of the most poignant, and I think it's a, a really dope series. Um, I've been I've been watching the you know the Bruiser Brody one. Uh, the UW the UWF um has been I mean I see so much oh let's see connections gonna yeah. be unstable. I see so much similarities to even you know just how the, the guy who ran the UWF, I see some of the similarities with him and myself. We're like crazy. <laughs> so um that 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 one was a personal favorite of mine because I was like, this guy crazy. I can see myself being like that, like you know, putting on these shows and trying to do all these outlandish stuff. And um, he he worked. Uh, he was at, he was absolutely. I remember reading about it in Mick Foley's autobiography, and they would say that he would be. Um, the, I think it was like the night that the the day before he died, they found him running around, um, or high on cocaine, running around uh, a hotel with no clothes on. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, like. <laughs> this guy wanted that number two promotion spot. Yeah, so I like, mean, the crazy thing was that before that, they said that he cleaned his life up and then he, <laughs> <laughs> he cleaned his life up and then that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. But yeah, the um, the Dark Side of the Ring series, I've, I've, um, I'd, I'd hadn't really, um, I'd, I'd seen it, but I hadn't taken a massive notice. So I'm trying to catch up with it as much as possible. Okay. Um, so some of the, you know, I've seen the Brawl for All one. Um, I've seen the, the Chris Benoit one. Okay, that's um, pretty dope. Which was interesting, especially with his, um, his, his, his son, son in that. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name. David. Is it David? Yeah. 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 And um, seeing that, and obviously talking to Nancy's sister and stuff, and Jericho getting him to meet up at the end, which was, of course. you know, obviously pretty like wow and then obviously the the new jack one on top of that which new jack is just nuts his own like, yeah. that guy you know his desperation of trying to kill Vic grimes is 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 nuts like yep <laughs> too much too much heat in that kitchen um but like it, 
it's 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 a really good series and i think it touches on something that people don't look at especially the the, the sort of outsiders that will look at it and go you know are oh, the business is it's fake there's nothing if anything i've always said that i found that the the business has always been probably one of the darkest industries and most cutthroat industries that you could probably ever get it um and i think the this kind of series will has, has shown that and the the next um, the the upcoming one about owen hart i think is going to be a really interesting one in the sense oh, yeah. that read as much about about what happened and speak to the people you know like Russo and stuff like that about about the incident but I know that they're going to interview uh, Owen's uh, wife Martha Martha um, okay well. and they're also talking about their show that there's supposedly some unseen footage in this documentary now I can see that how this documentary is series in general goes um, of what they mean by that because it's one of those where you're kind of like you you get that more i've for the last 20 years you've had that morbid fan i wouldn't call it fan base but you've had morbid sort of fans that are desperate to find this footage of owen falling never really got it myself never really understood what the fascination with watching somebody fall 70 foot to their death is all about it's it's chilling enough when you watch over the edge back and think, you know, some people may, at the time some people may have wanted to see it because you know they thought wrestling's a work and they want you know see just how well, a, lot people, it was, a lot, well a lot of people were kind of debating that at the time anyway and but there was something there was something off about it in general when you watch it like there's there's doing an angle and then there's something doesn't quite work and if you actually if you actually revisit the event um and listen to um jr and the king and how they commentate and just kind of how everything everything, pans out every, the, everything took us up such a slumber turn I, I don't you know even the, yeah. the road the next day you know with, with all the talent yeah. you know, i don't remember anything like that in wrestling at the t- even just going back i remember going to school i was you know i was still in secondary you know school then at the time and uh I missed the pay-per-view because those days in the UK we'd have to wait up to like maybe one. You've got to be on at like midnight or something. Yeah, like midnight, that. one a.m. Sometimes to catch them, and, and sometimes you're fortunate where you know you get away to do it, or your parents would let you stay up. But I just remember on that particular occasion I couldn't, and I'm sort of glad that I didn't because it would have been you know even well, though for I, me it was like it, it, it's it's. I still I still remember it because I it, I'd sometimes stay up to watch like the big events like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, or Survivor yeah. Series stuff like that. But this was kind of one of those middle shows. Exactly. Kind of well, I'll watch it. Watch it tomorrow. And I I remember it was um it was uh, my my brother had actually stayed up to watch it, and I remember him coming in the next morning, and he was just I said, oh, so what was it? You know what happened? You know was it any good? And he was like, oh, Owen Hart died. I was like, sorry. He's like, Owen Hart died. What do you mean Owen Hart died? He went, he died. I was like, how? He's like, oh, he fell. So obviously, like, at the time, I was, Jesus, I would have been about 10, maybe 10, 11, something like that. Yeah. So I, was, I went to go see this because he hadn't explained it. And I'm sort of like, Owen Hart died. He's in the ring. So, and then you end up watching it and you're just sort of like, obviously it cuts all these angles, which in hindsight is actually really quite lucky that of that course. happened. Um, 
because that just would have been like awful for a TV audience. And then it obviously cuts to this promo of, of him in his blue blazer things with uh, Kevin Kelly and you and then it just cuts to the crowd for like nine minutes and J- JR try to kind of explain it. And you're just like watching it in complete disbelief, like, oh, this is weird. Like, and then I found out it was like in the news and stuff like that. And even in the UK and, and, and watching it, and you're just like, wow, that's, that's, that's actually nuts. Like, yeah. <laughs> he actually died. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what they touch on. Um, yeah, no, as you said, it's it's uh, killing to this day, man. And and as, what they're gonna touch on is gotta be, it's gonna be stuff that we haven't seen before. Because even if we look at some of the other documentaries that they've produced, they've all give information and accounts and and sides of stories that you know maybe haven't been that public until now. And just different perspective and vantage point. And even you speak about yeah. Martha, she's been completely against the WWE for the most part. So what's been reported and. <laughs> She's held up a lot of. Yeah, she's yeah. been she's been completely against them, yeah. and I think the fact that she's been involved in this documentary and she's probably probably knows. A, she'll know a lot better into in terms of some of the other people that would have would have spoken on it. Um, whether or not they're going to show any actual footage, I don't think they will. I think they might show some unreleased stuff of maybe when he's, you know, being worked on or or something like that. I don't know. Um or what they mean by unseen footage. But it'll it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting look. But I think it'll be an interesting in general to get it from that point of view of family and as, you know, not just from the kind of entertainment side, not not entertainment side, but from WWE side of it, and actually get it from like the family's point of view, you know, his wife and what what happened, and it will be interesting to see who they speak to. You know, Vince Russo will probably pop up in it again. Yeah, I, they, I, I hope you know, they, you know, they, I hope they get Brett and a few others and stuff on there as well. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, and another person that I've always thought was quite interesting, I've never really spoken uh, spoken to, was actually the Godfather. Um, because he was supposed to face him, and it's I've always wondered what it would probably be like. You're, you know, you know, he's, he's going to be, he would have been waiting backstage, and he would have been waiting to come out, and somebody must have just told him, "Nah, wow. that's it, it's done." Yeah. You know what? Happened. When you say that, that that's... go home, go home, and you know what would be going through his head. And I know he was a talking head in the brawl for all, so it might be interesting to have him as a talking head in this one. And you know, the, and the Godfather was actually, um, we don't know how close outside of the ring, but we know he was close with Owen within the confines of WWE and stuff. Yeah. They, you know, they worked together as part of the New Nation and stuff as well. Um, you know, I mean, I, I loved Owen. Owen was just such a such a personality and a character that we had seen evolve over. You know, I remember when, first seen him in the early days where he used to have all the coloured stuff and he was, you know, tagging with Coco yeah, and stuff. So and then, you know, he come from the racket and then he, when he started doing his own King of, King of Hearts stick, he was, Owen was like, you know, Brett, 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 was, a, Brett was a brilliant wrestler and Owen was a brilliant, but Owen was just, he was like the younger brother in a different league and he, but he had so much about him. He, he, had, the, he had the kind of, the, the really good, almost. Yeah, the like, best, not the person, you know, when everybody talks. Like with the slammies, when he, he just, of course, when you see where everybody compares like Brett and Sean, and they say, you know, Sean had better, you know, charisma and stuff as well, and, and a different sort of level, you know, they were both 
two of the greatest talents of their time, and especially working together, Brett and Sean. But um, let's say Owen, I mean, Owen had that level of personality as well. And to a degree, he was under Brett's shadow because, you know, Brett was a big brother and he was known for being, you know, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. But even in working against each other and, um, and then sort of pulling it together at the end, one of my best Owen Hart moments actually is there was, a, there was an angle... I think he was on Raw. I can't remember who he faced. And, you know, Brett sort of came out and he, and he got Owen and the Bulldog back together. And that's when they formed the New Heart Foundation. And, you know, yeah. it was kind of an emotional moment. The Owen New was Heart in Foundation. The, yeah, and, you know. But that was sort of like um, a peak it was, time. It was, uh, I, th I think that, that it's, um, I, think, I think Owen Hart um, dying was probably one of the biggest, tragedies to happen to the to the business 100 percent massively talented and i think the saddest thing is how what happened how he was treated towards the end that no one ever seemed to touch on either exactly because he didn't want to do certain angles and they dumped him back in the blazer gimmick and as almost like a punishment i would say and you know he was relegated as owen hart to dark matches um he actually had a dark match with Kurt Angle um, oh, wow. before he died. Yeah, which is, uh, I didn't realize that either, and put Kurt over. And um, seeing, seeing somebody that talented get relegated, and then <clears throat> after he dies, that's it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we were going to give him the game gimmick and stuff like that. And it's almost like, mm, I don't yeah. really believe that bullshit. I think well, everybody yeah, says the blue, the blue Blazer stuff, you know, was sort of like punishment because if I remember rightly at that time, you know, Brett had gone. Um, yeah, Davey and and Neidhart had gone. Um, after the Montreal screw job, we even seen Rick Rude, he left. So, quite a few people, even within WWE or WWF at the time, wasn't happy with what had happened. And if they had the choice to get out of their contracts, Owen being one of them, he probably, you know, nine times out of ten, he would have left too. So, Owen had potential to, to, to go further, but then what ended up happening, the reason for the Blazer thing, from what I believe, is that there was supposed to be an angle, um, like a love triangle, with him, Jarrett, and Bebra. And, and Owen was like a proper, because he was a proper family man, he was basically just like, I'm not going to do an angle that portrays me as being this when I'm not like that in real life. And I kind of want to, you know, I'm happy to do the bad guy sort of, heel gimmick type thing but I'm not going to take it to a point where I'm crossing lines and stuff and you know my kids are going to watch that and you know they know I'm not like that in real life but they know I'm like that on TV but to see yeah, me yeah. like you know doing this or doing that and then I think that's where you're like right well if you're not going to do that here's your blazer costume back um, crack on you just make yourself look like an idiot on TV next thing you know that happens on a live pay-per-view and then everything's completely forgotten about and he's like the best thing that ever happened so it's it's one of those where it'll be interesting to see what they uh, they touch on and how they they kind of deal with it so yeah I think that'll be uh, another great addition to the uh, Dark Side of the Ring series yeah no I'm looking forward to it and I mean just to sort of move on from that slightly not in any um in any bad way because you know we, I could sit here and talk about um especially like the legacy of Owen for a long time because we've got the, the utmost respect for Owen Hart and stuff as well so um definitely peace to Owen Hart and the whole Hart family so um but moving on, we're talking about like the dangerous aspects of the business and sometimes and now we're looking at money in the bank where as much as we just talked about danger and, and you know, people 
coming off megalithic structures and stuff like that. We're, we're being told that the all top now have to climb the corporate ladder, Titan Towers. All I, top. All, I picture, all I can picture when I first heard about this was Halloween Havoc 95. Okay. Giant <laughs> off, off of the top of the building. And then literally something like an hour later, he comes back. And I don't, I, with a move of, with what was it, the Yeti. <laughs> The Yeti. <laughs> the Yeti. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do Tony Show. The Yeti. Um, <laughs> looking like they're farming Hogan to death. Like, I can't put it any other way. Like, it's just the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. And, like, I'm sure they're never going to broadcast that again. Um, but thinking about that and then going, oh, I wonder how they're going to do this. Because it's guaranteed if you've got a ring and everything on top of it, somebody is going to get knocked off that. Somebody's going to get knocked off that tower. Uh, so, yeah. whether or not. They're going to do an almost comical way of, of looking at it where someone's going to get knocked off and then come back later um, as almost like a homage to Halloween Havoc, in a sense, kind of to point fun at it like they do with WCW, you know, probably the time. or something like that, getting knocked off the top. Uh, or Bray Wyatt gets knocked off and then he comes back later as the fiend, you know. <laughs> There's a prediction. Um, I don't know. It could be quite interesting, but I think... I think, I think the con uh, should, be, should be quite interesting to see what they do with it. Okay. Well, um, let's have a, a little quick... Bear with me. I think my connection's going a bit. Uh, we'll go back. Um, let's have a little quick look through at the card. We've got Jeff yeah, Hardy, the, uh, who's going against Cesaro. And, you know, I guess that's going to be the opening. Maybe, uh, I don't know if they're going to have the pre-show or what, or if they're just going to pre-tape it. I think they're doing I've got it. I've got it here. Um, so the card from Wikipedia, the most reliable source in the world, but it's pretty yeah, good. I'm, I'm actually. I'm it. looking at the same one. It looks, so. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, it, it's got a P, so I'm assuming it's going to be the pre-show. Yeah. Um, I don't really rate Hardy as much anymore. Um, I think because of his brother, in my opinion, I think of how he's done. I just find Jeff's a bit of a spare part. I predict, you know, I predict that um, Luke is going over in this match, though. Um, I'd yeah, give him the W. I think, I think you're right. Especially with the recent sort of promotion that they've been giving him. And, and Cesaro's so, so great. You can sort of put him in the ring with anybody and he's going to, you know, he's going to work well with him, make him look good as well. So, And it's, it's a weird one. They've sort of got that character with Cesaro where they know he can go out and have great matches. And even if he loses, it's, it's not going to hurt his character too much because it's he's not going to hurt him at all. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think you're probably right. I think Hardy will probably go over in that. But again, it's a pre-show one. It's not really gonna, as you said, if if he loses, it's not really gonna affect affect anything in the long run. You know, when's when's losing a dark match ever affected somebody's career? So exactly. or, or kind of direction. So yeah, I think it's a you know pretty throwaway sort of match. If I'm honest, obviously it's well being on the pre-card. So what are we looking so next, at? I don't the, know, uh, you want to do the rundowns? Yeah, I'll let you you do the rundowns as you've got it, as you've got it open. So you got the uh, you got the women's championship uh, contract match, which I think could be quite interesting. I think in general with the uh, the, one with the women's Oscar. division as a whole um, throughout all brands. Uh, yeah, Nia Jax. I think they're. Um, 
I think I think that the 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 amount of talent that's coming through uh, in terms of the women's division in general is absolutely insane. I don't think it's anything that we've ever that that I think the business has seen in a long time, um, especially not in WWE. I think Triple H definitely you know definitely deserves a lot of credit for what he's he's done for the women's division. Um, it's quite a tough pick that one. Um, who have we got in the match? I know we've got Oscar, we've got Nia Jax, um, Dana Brooke, who they've been sort of giving yeah. a bit more of a push recently. I mean, that's been yeah, a good thing with this COVID sort of thing. I, I think more talent have been getting the opportunity to um, stand out. And well, I mean, yeah. Braun Strowman, he probably wouldn't have the strap if this didn't happen. But um, no, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have. But I think he he deserves it. I yeah, mean, yeah. He should have had it. Um, uh, he's been, you know, basically, you know, working his arse off. He's worked hard. He's worked hard, and he's he's carried not the company, but he's carried a lot of stuff. You know, he's carried a lot of weight on his shoulders, so to speak, over the years. You know, just in terms of yeah, the stuff that he's done. So, and it's good that they didn't. You know, he was at a risk at one point where he was looking like they was turning him into not like the new Big Show, but just like a big guy that they could. Sort I think of, going in that direction, and then I think it's it's how things have panned out. I think it's it's worked for. Quite well yeah, for some, it's for some work better for one of those where it's definitely worked out well for him, um, yeah. especially you know, kind of taking over that sort of Brock Lesnar position, yeah. Essentially, um, I think it's it's definitely worked well for him, <clears throat> but um, yeah, going back to the, the, the women's match, um, there's Nia Jax is in there who's also recently made her yeah. return, so um, she's another big player, Lacey Evans and Carmella. Carmella. Mella with oh, money, you know. What she's all, she's a, a former winner. Um, yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I think ooh, it, it's it's a tough one for this because usually when I do predictions, I try and analyze it with what's going on with the with the current product and where things are going. But as we know, anything's yeah. got a subject to change it's now. So, um, so it, yeah, it's really it's quite a difficult one. Um, I'd want maybe I'd want to. I'm I'm going to um, go for Shayna Baszler as she's sort of um, the new force, so to speak. Um, yeah. I was initially thinking Lacey Evans, but she, you know, I would say Lacey Evans. But you know, Lacey, Lacey Evans. she's she's had a few shots at um, the women's strap a few times, and she's on SmackDown. So unless they're going to move, yeah, you know. So that's why I'm thinking Shayna, but. Between Shayna and Lacey, I'm going to go with. Yeah. But I'm going to, my, my first yeah. pick going to be Shayna Baszler. I'll go for. I'm going to go for Lacey. This okay. <laughs> 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 woman's right. Right. So then the next one we've got the world championship, and that is quite an interesting little lineup there. Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black, King Corbin, Otis, and AJ Styles. Okay, well, you know that could be. A pretty dope match. Just to say, is is that the match that um, Apollo Cruz was initially going to be in, but he got injured, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad break for him, man. It's just when it seemed like he was sort of getting, you know, his his chance at not the big time, but um, <laughs> there you go. Video's just caught back up. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it happens. It's all good. We're live. Ish. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. Um, 
Yeah, no, I was saying with Apollo Crews, it's sort of unfortunate because just when he seemed he was getting a bit more of a push. And um, I, I, I didn't expect him to win the match in any regard, but even just being on the stage... It been, just being in it, it would have been beneficial, it I think, been good for him. him yeah. But in terms of this, I don't know. Um, I would have said AJ Styles previously, but I don't know. I think... I'm, I'm I'm feeling Daniel... No, I think Rey Mysterio, you know. Okay. King Paul better not win it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I'm. want to be obscure. And, uh, initially, I was going to go for Otis, but I thought, no, <laughs> I'm going to go for... Um... <laughs> it was either, I'd say either Ray or Daniel Bryan, but I've got this really strange feeling. I don't know why. I think Alistair Black going to take it. He's going to be my pick. Okay. I think he's going to hit that black mask. And funnily enough, um, on one of the next shows we'll do, I'll be introducing my new... Um, co-presenter also known as the black mask and um i get if, if you're you're an old wwf magazine guys so if you had vince russo you had vic Ven you also know vic venom so um yes, vic venom. <laughs> oh, God. yeah let's not go there vic venom. jesus christ now we're talking now we're going old school like yeah, so I'm, vic venom the black mask is my vic venom <laughs> Love it. Oh, great. So um so with that being said, yeah, Alistair Black, I'm gonna vote for him on that one. So um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Ray Mysterio, but I dunno, I've got I dunno. I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stick with Mysterio. Yeah, no, I but mean, the next Ray, one Ray's impressive. Ray's always I mean impressive. Even Ray's Ray considering considering like how that's not even how old Ray Mysterio is yeah. now. Like he's getting on a bit. He must be in his forties and he's still you know, it's still so super impressive, and especially at that level not, from, you know, I'm good friends with Juventus Guerrero and stuff as well. You yeah. know, those guys, him and Ray, they were pretty much not like neck and neck at one stage, but I'd, you, I wouldn't say I they were far off. Yeah, they wasn't far off, but where Ray's still at now and what he's able to do and just, you know, even how he is as a person, probably a bit more grounded in certain ways, just, you know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, yeah. The juice is in a different league. He's just completely uh, off the radar, man. You gotta love him. <laughs> <laughs> so then we got we got the champion. Wyatt, Wyatt. Yep, that's the next one. That is the one where they're going to recreate Halloween Havoc '95, and Bray Wyatt is going to get thrown off the top uh, <laughs> and come back later as the fiend. Do you know what was super interesting about this is sometimes in this world of wrestling, we can remember so much stuff, but then we can forget stuff as well. Now, I, yeah. I say that to say this was, I hadn't completely forgotten, but it had completely gone out of my mind, Braun Strowman's association with the Wyatt family and that he actually, you know, came in with the Wyatt family because yeah. he, was, he was so far detached from, you know, Brain now in, in terms of where they're at. So recently when they started showing some of the old vignettes and just, you know, showing how Braun, you know, first came in and he was the, you know, the black sheep of the, of the Wyatt family, so to speak. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy actually was one of the Wyatt. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that, there was that association. So it kind of makes sense how this has kind of come how together. How it worked out, yeah. But it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm still going to stick with Strowman to, to, to keep the title. Okay. Um, I think that I think it's a difficult one, actually, if I'm honest. Um, but I just think that they, they, I think they, I think the company are going to run with with um, with him 
No, I, I, I think they should now, and it's a bit more sensible because, um, not to say they're more, I mean, especially even at a time like this now, there was there was very limited to what they could do with, even though the Fiend's a great character and Bray, you know, even over as the Fiend and stuff, there still was very limited in what they could sort of do with him and how they could utilize him as a champion somewhat. So, um, and that that was, I guess, part of the struggle with who could they even use to take the title off him because he was built so strong, you know, and, you know, enter Bill Goldberg, Undestructible, but um, that's a different yeah. story. <laughs> But um, so I'd agree with you on this one. I think I think in terms of running with it for a bit longer, it needs to stay um, with. They're going to stick stick with doing that. Um, yeah. Whether or not they'll come up with any of my other crazy wacky ideas in terms of Bray Wyatt, yeah, it would I be nice. That would be great. It would be nice. Hitting Vince up on Twitter or something, going, "You need to give me my check." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've got um, next Bailey versus Tamina, another championship match. I like Bailey, you know, I like Bailey. She's, yeah. she's really impressed me recently. I think that Bailey's probably going to carry on. I retain. think they're gonna, I think I think she's going to retain it. Um, it would be a big shock, you know, to, for Tamina yeah. to, to put the belt on her. Maybe if they. Put it on her and took it off her quickly. Say, hey, you know what? You've never held the strap for you know. We'll, we'll give you. I think. I think in terms of the event in general, I think they're going to play it safe. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to. They're not going well, to. They, they said Vince has been signed, got, showing signs of going crazy. And live yeah, with, with an effort mentality, like, hey, effort. Through it, Vince. I think they started calling it. They just like, you know, what? I don't even care anymore. Yeah. But I think in terms of this, the sensible heads. Uh, Will prevail. They're going to continue. I think they're going to they're going to build to, to future events. Yeah, but I mean, I would I would love to see Bailey still keep this title unless something happened where it, there was like a turn or something, and you know Sasha Sasha yeah. got involved and and made her lose the or tra you know something like that that could set something else up. But otherwise, it would keep more sense to just keep it on Bailey because she's got a lot of heat, you know. But well, she's She's very talented, though, at the same time. Um, I, I really like Hill Bailey, so. Stick with Bailey. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go down that route. I think for, from, for me personally, I think from, from, a, from a sort of talent decision, I think it will be to, and, and sort of to continue that to, to keep the title on her. But I think, again, I think it's just going to be one of those safe nights. Um, yeah, not so. There's one. There's one title though that I'm looking at on this list that I think could change hands, but we'll, we'll get to that shortly. But we'll move on. So we have got Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Big up to Drew. Oh yeah, big time. Um, you know, I was even saying to um, Tiny Iron the other day on the last show, um, just how much respect I got for Drew and stuff as well because I, I've always been a fan, especially from when. You know, he did the whole chosen one sort of thing, and, and yeah. But just his, his demeanor, you know, the free and B stuff was a bit, uh, you know. But his his demeanor personally, when I used to see him coming to the ring and just how he would carry himself and his work rate and stuff, I was like, this guy is, you know, he had all, he pretty much had all the tools, all the talent and stuff, and um, how he's really honest, top top guy. He, I don't know, know anybody ever saw him like going in the direction that he has, you know, winning the rumble and then. 
Well, maybe think... maybe not as this fierceness and intensity. I could sort of see it in him, but he wasn't showing it all the time because it I wasn't. I don't think exp- I expected it to get pushed through. Yeah, when actually win it, and I was like, oh shit! Like he's actually he's he's actually done it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's uh, and and I think as well on top of that, I think it's um, again, and I I would probably credit. Um, like Triple H or something for for what he's he's done in terms of like with NXT UK and stuff like that of how more seriously um, British talent is being taken. Oh, definitely. And, and the direction and the push and and obviously seeing what what you know the rest of the world is capable of because I know it's something that Vince had never really previously pushed much onto um onto onto the onto the promotion that he didn't really like you bring people and you get you know the odd occasion where you get like you know the bulldogs and dynamite kid and well i think even if we go back, like that, but they were never going to be world champion or anything no, of like course that. because so, the structure it, how it seems like the structure of the old territory days especially was and you sometimes you hear guys like cornet and stuff talk about it and they will you know sort of lay down how the old cards was and for the mm-hmm. most parts in the territories they would have you know, their top guys were going to be the guys from that sort of area. So if they did have, like, English guys who did, like, World of Sport or different sort of styles, they'd yeah. be on the card featured. They would hold a position. Some of them would be highly talented, but they would never really be... They would never do anything necessarily with them. They're know? never going to give them the big, big push. Giant Haystacks. Yeah. And he was, um, he was he was part of the, uh, the fierce dungeon of doom, you know, yeah. for a short period. Uh they could have done something with him, really. You know, he had the size and everything, and they just kind of... What I started off. to realise was they respected a lot of the... What, what I started to realise was the UK guys were were really good, and, and they trained and helped a lot of the other guys. I mean, you think WCW, you take a guy like Norman Smiley, who was... Um, Norman Smiley, Chris Adams, Fit Finley, all these Fit people. Finley, William Regal, you know... William Regal, exactly. I think nothing I mean, but was the first one that really got like a, you know, he's never won a, a main title um, yeah. or been necessarily a main event over. They've always had, there's been that respect. And I think they've taken that. And, and how think, many wrestlers of guys like those, they've, they've been like, the top trainers. They've trained a lot of people in how to support talent. You can look at it from maybe a regretful point where they just kind of look, right, we've had these, we've had this, this, this talent. And we've never utilized them necessarily. Not not saying it is necessarily because of where they're from, but I think that I think me personally think that is instrumental in it a little bit. And <clears throat> I think what they've done is they've kind of taken that and gone, these there's some talent. There's some there is some talent out there. And that's why we've, you know, they've started NXT UK and the, the UK championship, which I think was long overdue. Oh, yeah. And you know, I think the early noughties, um, independent sort of um, um, trying to think of the word the the big boom of independence um, in the 90s help because you have people like um, Johnny Storm Jody Fleisch coming over and nobody had ever seen anything like it but because they were from the UK nobody really gave them much credit or exactly. before that British guys just doing, you know, the exact Saber Junior. Um we've had you know loads of talent. Yeah, there's been there's been ridiculous amounts of talent. And I think it's almost kind of like that point of I think Drew winning it was a massive moment, I think, for the British industry. 
more ba I think it was almost like a, it was kind of like the Guerrero Benoit moment at WrestleMania, where it was like these two guys who have literally worked their asses off for years um, and have been shat on so many times, and yep. they've got their moment. And you know, you see, you've seen it when when he when he when he won the Rumble and when he won the title, and you see all the pubs in Scotland and all that, and all the yep. people going absolutely shit and. Poof, People just like going nuts and in, in you yeah. know some I some pub in Scotland watching you know it's watching just wrestling. You're just thinking, what? I think it's just such a shame you know due to circumstance and COVID that he didn't get to um uh, it's, win, it's, win the title at WrestleMania. You know, deservingly he should have won the title, but he didn't get to win it in front of a you know a huge capacity crowd that would have been able to show that emotion with him because yeah, exactly. you know us as fans when we go to the live shows and we you know we love to get involved and we love to um unfortunately he never got that but yeah. i suppose at the same time he's it's you know that recognition and and deserving of it and i think he'll walk away with with the title oh yeah no yeah I, I think um, so um I think, just gonna, I think they'll walk on him i, I think seth rollins is uh, you know a remarkable talent but i just something about him just doesn't click it's just like i just don't he's not a main event guy he's not somebody in my opinion that can personally carry it you know he's not he hasn't got it is what i would personally say but you know if you think about i mean you know the shield with roman reigns and you know um moxley ambrose john moxley now but uh um, and, and stuff like that and seeing how big those characters are and how big those individuals are you you kind of I always felt he was lost in the middle and it doesn't matter how many times they try and push him, he's just not the architect. He's just not. Yeah. So mm. I'm I'm gonna stick with Drew um while shitting on Seth Rollins. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna stick with you on that one with Drew to retain. Um yeah. you know, I'd love to see maybe a I I always like to throw little controversial things in there as it's wrestling. I'd like to see, you know, maybe Murphy or somebody um get involved and cast Seth the match, you know. <laughs> and, and set something up for Seth and Murphy to work together, you know, against each other. Because I think yeah. it's only so long that he's going to, he can be in um, Seth's shadow. He can be Steph. in a position. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's he a great talent himself. I mean, some of the matches Murphy had with um, Alistair Black and stuff like that, phenomenal. So, um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Drew on, on, on this one. Definitely. Agreed. Next, what we've got um, a tag. This is sort of the the, the whole tag. Now, I'm guessing this is one of the ones you said you you think that the title may be likely to change hands. Yeah, I reckon the Miz and John Morrison. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see them get back the titles. They just they just work. They just work as a team. I think even from the early days of the ECW brand, and when they would literally just dump together. Because yeah. nowhere, Raw and SmackDown had nowhere for them to, to, they didn't have any space to utilize them. So they shoved them on the C brand and they literally flourished and, and won the titles. And, you know, I love the New Day. Um, not big on Lucha House Party, if I'm honest. I just don't know. I think they're kind of. You it's know, kind of hard to keep up. Yeah, a bit gimmicky. Um... Event, you know, the, you know, B show, superstars, main event type. In you know, team um, the Forgotten Sons, those are the new additions Steve Cutler, Jason Ricker, and Wesley Blake. Um, one of them was formerly in TNA as 
Oh gosh, was he gonna? That was it. Yes, he was. I can't think which one it is though. Yeah, I can't remember his. I think it's Jason Ricker. Yeah. Or Jackson Ricker, or, but we don't know if he's gonna be who works. I guess they they fight under the Freebird rule. Yeah, I think it looks like they go under the old Freebird rule. Um, it's quite nice to see that rule still being utilized yeah. in 2020. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know the new the new days kind of work it sometimes, but the um, new day were doing that kind of gimmick. Um, I, I I like the fact it was still being utilized, um, but I'm I and I love the new day. I think they're brilliant. Kofi Kingston is just like when I, you know still when he won the title was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> Kofi Mania was 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 killing it. You know, he he had his um, moment, man. Oh, he had his moment. Then then Brock Lesnar, like, I just, yeah, I'll oh, still never fully yeah, understand that. what that was all about. That was well, it was a squash. That was the most ridiculous booking I'd ever seen in my life. Like, how could you give someone that kind of run and then watch him get squashed in like nine seconds? Yeah, it, it was um, it was a, an epic sort of squash. And and the, the worst thing was it did nothing for either one of them. It doesn't make. It doesn't make Grout look any stronger. <laughs> it was stupid. It was a stupid move. It made no sense at all. But I think in terms of this, I'm, I've got my money on The Miz and John Morrison. I just think they're just an absolute... Yeah, no, I'd like to see them get the strap back. When The Miz... When, no, when the Miz you know, no, go ahead, go ahead bro. Um, but, you know, for me, I still remember when the, when the Miz first came with his character and stuff like that, and I used to watch it. Just, this guy's shit. Like, he's awful. John Morrison, I've always rated, but I'm Miz. I was just like, I hate this guy. He needs to get off TV. Agreed. He's just the like, worst thing ever. He was and like a reality TV show guy when I first saw Miz. Guy, and I'm just like, this doesn't work. This when is I, when kind I first of funny because everybody's reality TV based. Yep. But when they put the two of them together and just see, and then like, I just think it, it's all fit perfectly and with John Morrison's come, coming back and, and it just I just think, yeah, they, they need to put the straps on them. Hey, and, they, got, uh, they, got the new, they got a new rap song too as well. Um, Miz and Morrison. I haven't hey, seen it. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I have to check it out. You're going to have to drop me the link. I've, I've heard about it. It's dope. But, um, I like, I like it. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's what I mean. Those guys, they're the epitome of just, you know, having fun. And I think what I like about what they're doing now, it doesn't seem rehashed it's it's you know we know yeah, it's almost established themselves singularly because even Miz yeah. when they first were put together as a tag I agree with you Miz was like he was a bit not like you know but he really excelled and and became like you know not like the main sort of guy you know um yeah but he felt he his point of the card of like where he was where he was supposed to be but I just think there was something else that, that needed like a grew to like the character yeah um but I think having putting them back together, I think is really um, it was it was a smart move. It it's really smart, and I think it works well for Jam because he's good on the mic. But I think he's he's sort of different. He's not like Miz has got you know the personality and the the comedic sense. And I mean Miz is gold on the mic, but um, oh. <laughs> you know he Jam's pretty decent. But sometimes even when he was in Impact, he was uh, a bit you know. But what? impact i just i thought he's one of those people where it's just kind of like you shouldn't be touching the mic you know yeah you know you, you get the people who are gold like rick flair or somebody like that and then you get your you know your ultimate warriors or you get those people that are just like not quite that bad yeah <laughs> but yeah. you get those people that are just like you 
don't need to say anything. Uh, with somebody like him, we, he's that John Morrison, that talented. We we believe what he does in the ring because we can yeah, see him do it. He's so he's great in the ring. But when he touches the mic, it's hard to believe what he what he says. <laughs> But yeah, me, he can do the comedic stuff, so there's nothing for you to really believe. He can just be let more of his personality out. He can have fun. He can, um, yeah. and that's what we like to see. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, it'd be good to see Miz and Morrison get the straps back on this. Um, I don't personally see it going to Lucha House Party. Um, you've got the Forgotten Sons. Uh, they may have just been thrown in there now because it's a good time I, to yeah, get. Yeah, I don't think there's anything particularly spectacular or anything special about them. As I said, Lucha House Party for me, um, um, I don't know, dark match fodder. <laughs> I'm, su I'm surprised they didn't make the, uh, the release cuts, if I'm honest. Yeah. Were they released? Uh, yeah, you know. I'm not saying they're not, they're not good or they're not talented. They are extremely talented, but I just don't think there's anything in particular about them that screams you need to be champions, you know. Yeah. For me, I look at somebody like people like Lucha House Party being retained, but then, you know, they're going to release somebody like EC3. Okay. Which was surprising, yeah. You know I mean, like somebody they really could have utilized and actually done something with, but then they're going to keep a team like that, which for me just. All that screams to me is you've got two filler teams and you've got two genuine teams. Get rid of the filler teams and just have an actual tag match. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I think this is, and you know, the the last couple of matches between the New Day and Miz and Morrison, they haven't had a two-on-two -two match or anything. It's always been yeah. some shenanigans and stuff. I think so. The environment that it's going to take place in as well, it would just build even more, and I think yeah. it would just. Uh, so but I yeah, think it would be good for them to have this little backwards and forwards go between, drop the, drop the titles a couple of times off between each other. Um, yeah. I'm sure the New Day don't mind because every time they, they lose the strap and they get it back, it's, um, it adds on to their, their, it adds on to their, their record. <laughs> exactly. They're killing it already. They've already beaten Demolition's record. Yeah, you know, I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> I didn't even notice. I was just like, Jesus, it's really been that long. Well, this is what I've noticed. Like nowadays, just kind of um, as we, you know, sort of not closing on the pay per view. I know we've got one more match, but just you know, the the bouts change a lot more frequently. You know, even guys like you know Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and of his generation. He probably only held the heavyweight strap was it like three, four times. Three, four times. Three, four times. I remember when it was a big thing when Hogan and. Uh... I think Brett won the title like five times. Yep, I like, remember. Yeah, remember because I I used to I used to read the older magazines and stuff, and this was a bit before my era, but I'd read it to get the knowledge and insight, and it would tell you about guys like you know Bruno and certain of these guys holding the strap for years. They would have the strap for years, and I'd be like, what? <laughs> Bruno, Bruno Sammartino, I think, held it for like eight and a half years or something, and you're like, how do you do that? Like. He would yeah. last five minutes. <laughs> He'd have to drop the ball, win it back on SmackDown, and then there's a pay-per-view come off on Sunday and he'll win it back again. Yeah. Um, he'll probably drop it again, sorry. So for, <laughs> for me, it's like, I think the, the consistent flow of how many times they're changing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's too much like, for an audience. Only now um, they're, re they're really in sometimes, as we've seen with... Um... Mainly in examples with the women and stuff, like we've seen it with Bailey and we've seen it in Impact with... Tire Valkyrie, where they've let him like hold the strap for a long time, yeah, a long time, but it only actually divisions that they seem to be doing it in, which is quite funny. Mm. The men's division is just like, let's just get the next title. Yeah, yeah. 
But the next one, then, on to the final one. This is a, surprise, this is a surprising match. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to literally say I have no idea why this has been thrown together. Maybe, I think <laughs> maybe I've missed something, but R-Truth and MVP. Uh, <laughs> R-Truth is R-Truth, the greatest 24-7 champion of all time. I'm well uh, proud. Yeah, it, it looks like a thrown-together match, and it doesn't have a... a There's P- no stipulation, it's it's a single it, it doesn't even have a P, like it appears on the pre-show or anything, so we, we don't know. Um, you, must be, you must be pissed if you're Jeff Hardy or Cesaro and you found out that uh, Cesario and then found out that R-Truth and MVP are on the card and you're on the pre-show. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I know MVP's been working, um, like, Raw and stuff a lot more frequently recently, His, which I'm sure he's, he's quite happy about. So, um, and R-Truth, you know, they can just throw him out with... Not like anybody to have a match, but who actually is the 24-7 champion now? Is it still? You know, well, I, actually, I actually don't know at this point. Maybe EC3 took it with him. I don't know. I but, thought it was the uh, Grunk, that guy Grunk who won it at WrestleMania or something. Uh, do you know Probably, but our truth is... Uh, is yeah, he, he, needs his, he needs his title back. Maybe that should have been a 24-7 champion. Uh, yeah. 24 he should have pitched it to Vince because apparently they're quite good friends and um yeah I, I can't imagine those two being friends like <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't imagine those two like it's it. <laughs> Vince, Vince, is, Vince just strikes me as such a crazy eccentric. I mean, recently when it, the last two came out and um, Triple H's celebration <laughs> sort of rained on his parade a little bit. Um, but Vince is just it sounds wild, you know, slightly off topic. But I remember listening to that story I posted with Brett, and he was talking about smoking weed with Vince. And all. <laughs> Brett, but, but he's just he he's a such a weird like somebody actually brought me on to uh i've completely forgot this even happened this right with vince and it actually it's so cringy because it's so bad the time when he was talking to john cena and he dropped the n-bomb and literally like the, the the bad thing is you like i can't imagine him and our truth having a conversation without him being like weird about it like <laughs> Based on, and you're just kind of like, man, why are you? T- you can't say that. Like, what are you doing? Truth. Yeah, it, it, I, 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 I see you. I see you on that. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think in this. I think for this one, I don't know. This is a throwaway. I'm going to go with truth, like just because I just feel that he's a bit more. Uh, I don't know. It's, I know. I know. MVP is apparently there to put over new talent and younger talent, but. I don't yeah. quite see truth as that. So I, I'm going to go with MVP just to A, be different. And, um, you know, they've had him on TV quite a bit recently. Not to yeah. say there's some new guys. Apparently, he, I don't know if he's supposed to be managing them or something, but he keeps talking to them. Hmm. This, this new tag from NXT, I think um, they're Australian or something, maybe. And they beat um, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet on the last Raw. Oh, okay. But MVP sort of aligning. It seems like he's aligning himself with them, and hey, you guys got you know he's, he's doing a bit of his manager yeah. stick. So um, 
maybe they'll get involved in this and help him get the W. I, I want to see somebody run interference <laughs> in at least one match. <laughs> Where this event is going to happen. Yeah. Literally, just be walking through corridors and someone just breaks out of a toilet. Like. <laughs> And that yeah. Is, so yeah, hopefully you know that it, it should be a good match. Uh, uh, well, a good it's a good enough card. It's a bit it's a good enough card. It's not strong, but yeah. I think for what it is, I think I think the I think the environment and the overall gimmick is what's going to make it a watchable event. If yeah. I'm if I'm honest, as opposed to the actual card itself, which I think if they're gonna <clears throat> at the moment they're gonna have to kind of place reliance on stuff like that in order to. Um, build these shows up a bit more as opposed to just, you know, as I said, the empty arena kind of thing is just, it doesn't work on a pay-per-view level. You know, you want people to buy into your into your cards and into your products, then you need to do something nuts. And having an entire show uh, based on ladders in, you know, the headquarters. Corporate. In, in a corporate building, in a corporate building, sells it to me personally. Yeah. No, it's definitely interesting and, and one that I can't wait to actually just see how it unfolds because just like most things WWE have done, nobody else has or can do anything no, like no, it. No, so. one's the idea. no one's come up with it and I think that's where they're going to carry on until this all, until things start start going back, um, yeah. back more, whenever that is. But um, yeah, I think that's how they're going to run with it, and I think it's a pretty wise idea. I heard they were going to—they were looking at potentially doing SummerSlam this year. At, um, Hulk Hogan's private beach. At the beach club, okay. Which could be quite a quite a good idea. Yeah. Like Bash of '95, just with no people or Pamela Anderson <laughs> and David Hasselhoff, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah. And um, Hogan, uh, we didn't actually see. Speaking of Hogan, I wonder if they're gonna re, if they're gonna reschedule the Hall of Fame sort of ceremony. That, I think that's supposed to be taking place at SummerSlam, but again, it depends on. I think if I think if things continue the way that they are at the moment until you know through to August and I think they'll probably do the ceremony but probably do it in ring and do it different obviously having you know an audience or anything like that which is probably I think at this point it would be the wisest choice otherwise you're just not going to have a Hall of Fame ceremony this year so I think if you're going to continue to do everything else pay-per-views cards tv tapings then you do the Hall of Fame ceremony but you just have them come into the ring, do a bit of a speech in front of the camera on their way, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, no, that's yeah. it makes sense. Uh, I'm look, I was looking forward to it, especially yeah. to see Hogan and the NWO guys go back in and stuff. Um, and the pool dog and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And JBL, it was look, oh, I was really liking the um, the lineup of it this year. Yeah, I thought it was, the, I thought it was a really good lineup. I think they could have, um, it's a shame that they didn't go ahead, but uh, hopefully they do do it at SummerSlam. Um, and then be able to kind of push on from there. But uh, it's one of those, you have to wait and see. <laughs> see how to see what the world does. It will be interesting. But yeah, we've definitely covered um, quite a, a broad range, man, which has been dope with... Um... Uh, I think my wife and kids think I've been like kidnapped or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, well, stay tuned. You haven't, you haven't been sucked into the screen just yet. You ever remember that movie, um, Stay Tuned? And they got zapped yeah. into, the, into the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like a soldier throwback, like 
I'm, I'm, I'm the throwback. I, I'm the gosh, yeah. We, you know, yeah, throwbacks are too much. They're just too much. Sorry. Yeah, we could do that for we could do that for hours from movies to music to wrestling to just going around. But um, it's definitely been a pleasure chopping up, man. But yeah, no, it's been it's been good. I've been I've enjoyed it. It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been good to uh, chop it up about uh, the wrestling. Of course, and just as before we close, tell them a bit more. I know you, we sort of opened up with you sort of just talking a bit about what sort of moved you to do the, the raw culture move with just um, encapsulating your passions with wrestling and stuff. And is that, um, shout out to Giles, is that an Urban Bolt hoodie? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm rocking the Urban Bolt hoodie. Yeah, big up uh, to Giles, man. Yeah. You know, and uh, Giles. Uh, Giles been a massive, massive Giles, is, Giles is dope man um, I want to say even myself I, I spoke to him the other day and you know we used to always catch up over the you know the better part of the last five six years and you know Giles is somebody who always helped me out you know um, yeah, a publication that's always I'll, I'll send him something and without you know even having to ask him he's already put it on the site he's somebody who's always been there supporting urban music always supporting independent talent always supporting underground talent so we got big him up man and uh definitely and yeah, about, they've been supporting the community and the culture for years yep 100 guys guys been guys been smashing it for years um but yeah with um with with raw media um it was literally like a spur of the moment thing that I just popped into my head one day and just thought, I'm just going to go ahead and do it um, off the back of United Elements. Because I had United Elements Media, um, which kind of fell under United Elements, but I just thought, I just want to do something completely different, start from scratch and come up with a completely different idea. Obviously, use the platform of, of about that online and having the opportunity to write for that, which, you know, it's mad to think that's been over two years now. I've been I've been writing on there and it's I've crazy. It's been a huge part. Well, it's 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 insane. Uh, so you know, definitely big big you up as well, Fonzie. Like it's absolutely crazy. I like, got a big you up because right. you've been a huge part of helping us um just develop and grow and even submitting stuff that's different. Submitting um your own for like I I even said to you I enjoy reading a lot of your articles myself and. Because they they resonate with me as well, so um, I appreciate. It's one, of, it's one of those where I find with with it, um, like I don't write as much as an artist anymore. Um, you know, I still MC and I'm still heavily involved in music, but I don't get a chance to do it myself. But the thing that I, I do write a lot about is is like my own experiences and 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 finding concepts and stuff like that. And, interviewing you know artists and stuff like that like hopefully um i've been in email with uh, amanda mack who's craig mack's daughter okay um and you know as you probably picked up and read i'm a, you know, a massive craig a, mack a fan. huge mark for I craig mack in the sense the world but big up to craig like one you know rest in peace craig mack All right, um but for me like you know, hopefully I'm going to get an interview of her to speak about her dad and stuff like that. And I kind of want to move in that direction um, and, and still continue to do interviews. But with the um, with the raw media thing, I just thought it was important to take some of that I enjoy and have that platform. And I, I really do think that one of the main things besides, as I was saying earlier, like Griselda and, you know, Westside Gun and all those guys, um, putting it to the forefront was definitely wrestled with. I think seeing that kind of connection, I think speaking to you about it initially, the first time we spoke, yeah. um, it was 
it was crazy because it was just like my god there's actually somebody that's on the same page so i just thought i'm going to do kind of my own sort of interpretation of 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 raw media or kind of push the sort of about that thing and the united elements thing and just put everything all into into one bowl and then that's kind of where it all started from but yeah it seems to be it's for me it's been going really well i've started had some heated debates with people on forums and you know different group pages about particular things um, I think one of my favourites was when I suggested the idea of the insane clown posse going to All Elite Wrestling, and uh, <laughs> the All Elite fan group literally went ape shit at me, like, "How dare you? These guys are scumbags!" And I was just like, "Hey, I'm just throwing a suggestion out, whether or not like they've gone to every other promotion, yeah. will they turn up there?" I'm not saying I think they should. Like. Maybe they should. Um, <laughs> maybe that would be dope for another. So, yeah, it's been- the JW um, in, in Invader. Um. <laughs> Dynamite, one of the days. <laughs> the joke, yeah, we need. I don't know if I'd actually want to see it. Mad <laughs> respect to ICP, but I don't think I necessarily want to see them in the ring again. Like, <laughs> I think get Master P and No Limit back in, like that. That would be good. Well, they got they got the stuff P's been doing with um, HOV House of Glory wrestling. You know. Uh, so- I didn't realise um, that Westside kind of actually had an involvement in that company. They've got it's a, like a yeah. creative director or something. Yeah, which is which is which is pretty. pretty dope. I was I was waiting for this guy to do something proper like Westside's fourth rope company. Yeah, and um, with with Master P, well of all people, like the legend that is. Well, so, I'm, I'm, yeah. hoping, I'm hoping. Yeah, you know, so that's basically raw media and the. Real well, we know we're going to be seeing a lot, you know, continuing, still continuing forward with and from Real Media. That's not going to change. Um, we're definitely looking forward to, um, I know we've personally spoke about doing some more music and mixtape stuff, mixing up, you know, um, a lot of the, and you've, you've, put, yeah, some definitely. Out, you've definitely. put some out before with TDK and stuff. So um, it's going to be good, man. So this year we just got to use the time, stay focused and, be as creative as we can, connect with those where we can and um, continue to spread a good yeah. message. And one of the good things about wrestling, even just to sort of tie this also, up. Also, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the good things about wrestling yeah. is what we've known is it's always been an axiom of something that's brought people together and stuff as well. And especially even now at a time like this, it's still bringing people together where we can still tune into these shows and, you know, have something else to discuss and, and check out so um salute to the rest it's of that form of, it's that form of entertainment that can just There's take no, no, you nothing else take like you out it. of the situation nah nothing 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 else nothing else like it but um yeah definitely i think uh we just can carry on as we're doing in 2020 get through it and hopefully we can get a bit more of a smoother 2021 well, I also we- just want to shout out radio wigwam actually quickly the uh the audio dope show as well yeah. Um, and, uh, and 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 that on top of it, I'm hopefully going to start doing some wrestling-related stuff involving that as well. So might get a bit of airtime added on top of that. So we'll see what direction that goes, and kind of move the podcast into into radio as well. So yeah, as I said, literally I'm non-stop. Like you working, man? Of course, it's got to be. Well, you know, it's a Sunday, so we I know you got the family there. The kids probably want to play. Wifey want to chill. Um, 
you know, can't take up too much of your time, but I'm definitely looking forward to having you on the next one. You know, maybe we'll connect again post money in the bank and, you know, sort of shoot the breeze again. But this yeah. week, we're, we're going to, you know, for WrestleBiz, there isn't no um, set sort of um, lead presentation or anything. So each one, we tune in with different people or I want to build in sort of separate guests that we can, you know, recur in and shit and shoot the shit. So um, this won't be the last time you're going to be on here. Yeah. And for the people watching, this ain't going to be the last time you're going to see Be Easy on here anyway. So um, it's all good. And now, even for us using the time, we're stepping forward because a lot of our other stuff has been just audio, but we've got a lot of visual stuff that we can present. We've got backstage visual content and stuff. And not just that, cool stuff like this, we'll be bringing more visual podcasts. Also, we're going to get you on um, you know, some of the other talk stuff, not just the wrestling, some of the more hip-hop orientated shizzles as well. So, uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. That's going to be dope. So, um, yeah... My brother, this is all good. Um, is there any, any um social media or anything you want to shout out or anything? Um, nah, pretty much just uh Facebook, yeah, everything will be sort of media. Um, and yeah, you can find most of the stuff on about that online anyway. That's that's the place to be, yeah. We're we gonna get <laughs> it, it's all, it all happens. <laughs> We're gonna bring it, man. This year, 2020, man. So, about that, Russell Beers, audio, dope, rap. And wrestling, you know, um, raw culture, uniting all of the elements from music to sport, everything, all of it's coming together and stuff. So um, it's a great time. Let's remain positive. Let's not get caught up in too much of the, the negativity that's going on. We know that it's a bit of a sad time as well. People are losing work. People are losing finances. You know, people are, are losing lives as well, more importantly. So um, those of us who are still here, let's continue to help and support each other and, um, you know, push good entertainment at the same time because we all got to be entertained while this is going on, you know, so um, that's how it is. So my bro, hopefully this all save and everything, you know, save down right. And, Salute. Yep. Yeah, I hope you've been, are you recording on your end too or just um, I'm like, no, I think it's just, it's just, it's got recording so as far as, and it's been flashing for like the last two hours so as far as I'm concerned it should be all good. Okay, so um, if, if I have any issues on there, you got the recording on that side, so um, we'll figure it out from the next step. <laughs> <laughs> yep, all right then, my brother. I'm going to catch up with you soon, man. Yeah. All right then, you, much man. love, man. From the WrestleBiz fam, we out. All right, peace. Ooh, yeah. Cream of the podcast crop rising to the top. Be sure to check out WrestleBiz, brother. The podcast presented by Fonzie Neutron. Yeah, it's hip hop meets wrestling. Dig it? Powered by Belt That Online. Yeah, www.beltthatonline.com. They get Funky like a monkey. Special guests like Tony Iron, Pineapple Pete, The Black Mask, and many more. I'm freaking out. Make sure you tune in. Otherwise, you'll be a jabroni. And you'll miss the interviews, the predictions, the reviews, and just sitting a resound, shooting the breeze. Yep. So tune in and let these guys tell you a thing or two about a thing or two. Need a little excitement? 
Check out the WrestleBiz Podcast. Ooh.